swear, I swear. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. Absolutely nothing. I am your host, the fully vaccinated. That's right. Two times, baby. Second dosage. Mr. Second dosage. Trinidadi, Panamanian poppy, rude boy, top gunner, suck panyamada, mask on, uh, mask off. Giovanni Anglin, a.k.a. the future of society. What's going on, people? Yo, yo, what's going on? It's Bastianissa, a.k.a. your pre-summer workout plan. Recording live in Queens, Geo is in Brooklyn. What is good? What is good, people? And that's right. I did it. I just came back from getting my second dosage of the Pfizer vaccine. That's right. I'm fully vaccinated. Am I vaccinated against all the variants that's coming in here because of Europe? No. But you know what? I got my the double full- mutated. Exactly. The double mutated vaccine no i don't have that one i got the original one i got the original pfizer grade a so that's it i'm fully vaccinated i'm not advocating taking off my mask but i'm just happy that i got this done it's over i can travel if i want to i could do what i want to but still do what do whatever the the store says if the store says keep your mask on just keep your mask on all right just don't be that person Restaurant, restaurants, playgrounds, any situation where you're in a crowd of people still got to keep your mask even after you get your vaccine shot. Exactly. Which, you got to be considerate. Sucks, but... Dude, <laughs> you're telling me, bruh, once I got that vaccine, I didn't want to keep that mask on. I felt free, but I wasn't really free because all of these businesses that you go into, they require you having a mask on. It's still the law, technically. This whole journey really takes place like as a movie where if there was an alien attack and the country said, hey, we need to do this in order to work together, everybody would not listen to anybody. And it would, it would just be a mess. So I don't know if the vaccine that everybody's getting the vaccine will be able to contain the mess because you st- everybody still needs to play their part. So the people that are yeah. unvaccinated, not vaccinated yet, still have to wear a mask. We still have to stop traveling. We still have to stay at home. And we have to make sure these variants die out as fast as they can before we could all get back to where we started. I disagree with that point, Bash. And I feel like sometimes in we need, as humanity, I think we need an outside extraterrestrial source to bring humanity together. Absolutely not. It would not work. All that idea and like the ideology that if, uh, if something happens, we'll all work together. Like we'll all work together. We'll all be one. Is not true, and I do not believe it could work. And plus, you've been watching not... the Winter Soldier and Falcon, so that already no, but, shows you uh, that, that. Yeah, that it's also your like argument is sociology true. is like you know we think about crowds of people. We mm-hmm. think about how if we could work together, we could have like a hive mind, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Even if we come to the same, con- well, most of us won't come to the same conclusion, and that's the biggest problem. That's human nature, though. Yeah. 
somebody will come out and create like, hey, the aliens are actually our friends here to protect us and our friends and stuff. Not not saying that we're against aliens and, but coming to uh like a big super villain, and we have to work together to beat the villain. Hypothetically. Thanos. Hypothetically speaking, what if it, Thanos it won't comes? Work. Thanos, would you join Thanos or would you try and fight with the Avengers? They wouldn't do anything. They'll continue like nothing's happening, and that's what. No, I'm asking you. Issue. What would you do? Me? It's like yeah. yeah you, you, most you could do is support. <laughs> You're supporting the Avengers. You're not going to go on the side of Thanos. No, there's nothing to do. You on can. That side. You can uh, balance the cosmic shift. You know, you could get a nice little balance dagger and. Mark people with Thanos. No. There is no there's no positivity to that. Okay. Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. Would you go with Bath- Batman or Joker? Why 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 are you giving these like terrible dilemmas? Because I think we're not too far from that happening. Because I'm not the saying whole... in ten or twenty years, but maybe like the next hundred years. Because the whole concept is are we uh, do we want to be in a utopia or do we want to be in dystopia you know mm. are we fine being in that science fiction movie where everything's dark and shallow you look up and all you see is dark skies and neon lights yeah that's the future we're heading you know this whole utopia like i was watching uh, something on youtube and they're talking about star trek and star trek and like new generations they're referencing how on planet earth and this is i think it takes place like 300 years from like now and on planet Earth, there's no longer like famine, poor, rich. It's like everybody realized how to work together. So there's no need for stock markets and all those type of things. We don't have the the sense of needing stuff. Oh, no. I think wanting. We removed the, the idea of want. And we no longer want that. That's now, close now to we Buddhism. we focus on progress. Oh, I'm sorry. That's close to Buddhism. When I was back when I was in high school, we used to call it Buddhism because we were foolish children. But... I think that's that's one of the principles of Buddhism is um, getting rid of all desire and urge of desiring. Yeah. Because when you because yeah. when you get rid of desire, that's the end of all suffering. That's yes. one of the principles of Buddhism. That's right. you and, see, people. I know some things. I'm okay. smart. You see, so you you understand what I mean? It's like yeah. because we all desire so much and different things, and we want different outcomes out of it. It, it causes pain. Yeah. Well, it's like that inner monologue I was having with myself all mm-hmm. last year during the summertime, during the pandemic. I was just having these conversations with myself and I was just thinking, like, why did we as a society choose to live our lives this way? Right. And if humanity is truly in control of everything, right, in control of poverty and control of um, just people's will to live right why don't we just stop all of this why don't we just stop the stock market why don't we just stop all of it and we can all just like chill out and give someone a home to live in because money and all that stuff that's all human construct we we designed that so if if we really wanted to get rid of it we can but i think we don't because i feel like humanity still has this sort of need of finding a meaning towards life I think people want to be remembered for stuff. I think people have motivations to like do things, create things so they can be remembered for X, Y, or Z. That's an interesting thought, but 
it's more like a very small percentage because it could be like 0.0001% are actually remembered throughout history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the idea but that it's they the want... But the aspiration to be remembered The aspiration to be remembered. But it's only a certain group of people. That's the thing. Oh, like yeah, We course. are people that want to be remembered or have aspirations to do something big in the future. But at a certain point in time, when you have the rest of the population that's just living day by day, then it'd be better if we all live day by day. But again, that goes back to human behavior, though. Yeah, but but we all want to do things because we see other people doing things. Oh, yeah, of course. So if those people no longer, not say no longer exist, but we all just, you know, living, mm-hmm. less anxiety, less pressure, less less choices and stuff. It's like, hey, you know, what do you want to do? Farmland, want to help build, you know, we, we, the direction of the certain society. It's like, this is... You know what I'm trying to say? Are you asking what if we as a society decide to stop? Just stop yeah. everything? No, nah, not society. Just people. Just people just decide to stop. Yeah, the society is like government. Yeah. At a certain point. But we, but technically, I mean, because people do run the government, we are government. Because no, people have. Gov- government are not run by people. <laughs> oh, what do, you, what do you think they are? They're just run by? run by like uh, an organization. And the organization is run by? People that want to organize. Organizations like saying corporations aren't people, right? It's like corporation has a different idea. Their brain is just warped different. Mm -hmm. They have no empathy, no humanity whatsoever. It's all about making profits. Right. Hence, that's what I mean. It's like we're not run by people. Okay. In in just layman's terms, we're not run by people that care. Okay. That's that's fair. So empathy. I think uh, my idea of humanity is empathy. Oh, okay. Well, for me, you know, I think, I don't know, I have this weird uh, fascination or, or obsession of studying people that don't have empathy. Like, one of my favorite pastimes is looking up and reading about, like, serial killers or cult leaders. For example, I've been watching the Peacock documentary about John Wayne Gacy. And for those of you who do, who do not know who John Wayne Gacy is, he's this dude that was like a huge part of the community like he he owned a a bunch of like construction business and housing businesses and all that stuff and he was into politics even and he even dressed up as a clown to entertain children but like he would he would take these teenage and young boys and like sexually molest them and then murder them and then dig a grave of their bodies and put it underneath his house and in this documentary they they had like exclusive footage of an interview with John Wayne Gacy and him just retelling everything that happened about his victims, how he killed them. There was no empathy in his eyes at all. And for some reason to me, that stuff interests me. Like how can you do that to a person and just have no moral, no, no sort of empathy, no a real emotion about it. Yeah. Though they they have a lot of TV shows like that. Oh, I think I'm those so are hooked. Well, you like Ninety Day Fiance. I like do love Ninety. Listen, I love Ninety Day Fiance. Okay, that is one of my biggest guiltiest of pleasures. Is Ninety Day Fiance? Great show. I I put that and reality TV, like the nonsense reality TV, mm-hmm. all in the same box. Got it. Because you could derive pleasure in watching that but you don't really want to meet this person in real life oh absolutely you know? not he he you, died on death row 
you you don't want to like write the paper. Oh hell on, no! I don't want to be the guy interviewing John Wayne Gacy or or, or freaking Luca Magnata. I don't want to do that. I mean, you I wanna... like to do the research. I like to read about them. I like to see mm -hmm. interviews about them, and yeah. that's it. Like I never have this weird thing where I want to call them up in prison and see how they're doing. I just want to read about you. I want to read about what you've done. And that's it. That's as far as my obsession goes. And study their their characteristics because a lot of like serial killers and cult leaders, they have a lot of common commonalities. With the CEOs and stuff? I mean, hey, even with CEOs, I mean, CEOs, cult leaders, they're both very charismatic. They can manipulate people into doing whatever it is that they want to do think about charles manson and the manson family right he got locked up for he didn't even he didn't even kill anyone right he got locked up for telling people to kill yeah that's and crazy that kinda, that's that theory it's like if someone to tells you to do something mm -hmm. and you do it it did, did you do it or did the person telling you to do it did it yeah almost like yeah. joker-esque logic but but sometimes joker's logic and his reason and rationality behind certain things it makes sense but you have to remember you're still dealing with a madman and that's why i like reading up and studying cult leaders and stuff because cults are cults are a thing man even their their cults their cult jobs even like um mlms which is like multi-level marketing firms if you know what i mean bash yeah um those are that's a very interesting word cult jobs it is because what something that's interesting about working in an environment, especially with a mission statement that you could trust, you do want to build a relationship of something comfortable. Mm -hmm. But what happens when they're just constantly like telling you, we are doing this and we are doing that and you could come up with us. Right. It just becomes a little culty. And in a year's time, you can make up to six figures, a hundred thousand dollars, hell, even seven figures in just a year's time. If you if you work hard enough, and if you stick to our script, and if you stick to our marketing methods, you can you can be one of us. But also, yeah. um, please recruit some of your friends and family to join us as well. It's kind of sketchy. Your friends. Yeah, it's... if they're not with it. They're against you. Exactly. You drop them. And they don't <laughs> want you to shine. They don't, they don't want, want you to, to see succeed. you succeed. So you know yeah. what? Your friends and family, they don't care about you. They don't love you. You know what? Why don't you drop them? Drop them. Don't even call them. When you drive around your rented Lambo that we all have to rent together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Ask you for a ride, you ignore them. And you come to our our yearly meetings, our quarterly meetings, and these events weekly, two AMs. Oh no, I'm talking about the big gatherings that's like five minutes away from the from the airport and those like big airport hotels and everyone's in suits and then the big CEO comes out with all this pyrotechnics and all that crap coming out and he's saying, oh. You know what? This isn't a pyramid scheme. You can be like me. Yeah. You know that that um motivational speaking, a lot of positive reinforcements. Yeah. Um It's very cult like it's like I forgot his name. He's down in Texas. The Herbalife dude? Uh, huh? Is it the Herbalife guy? No, no, no. He he has his own uh church and he preaches. Oh, Joel Alstein? Joel Alstein. Yeah. He's number like he's number one, right? Yeah. He's good at what he does. Isn't that in Houston, Texas? Yeah, Houston, Texas. Okay. Even if you're not religious and you listen to dude, you feel like you could believe. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he does. That's charismatic. And that's what they do. 
he's very charismatic and he he has the information mm-hmm. and that's what we all want at the end of the day the information that's why there's this the, the stupidest twitter joke of all time is What's that uh what would you do would you take the 100 would you get the 50 oh. million dollars or a dinner with jay-z so what are you gonna do? Pick your brain, <laughs> biggest brain. Like, come on, you're not a journalist. You don't um, know how to ask questions. LLC Twitter's gonna be like, yo, all the real ones know that. You know what? I would take the meeting with Jay Z so I could learn from my own self, so he could put me on game instead of getting fifty million dollars firsthand. I'd rather learn from it secondhand. It's about the grind. It's about the struggle. And if you don't understand that, you're not a winner. I I really believe that if someone really picked that option jay-z would look at them as a fool yeah instantly instantly because you get the money you just hire a mentor and they'll tell mm-hmm. you the same thing jay-z um uh, jay-z would tell you on the on the dinner yeah because you could hire mentors that's something um you know older people do after a certain age once mm-hmm. they hit a certain point of their career where they could just when where they have information to give to people mm-hmm. that's it they just become a mentor you or a mentors. consultant same thing hmm? you have mentors not the same thing because i don't pay them you know it just, oh, came, it just came with a program or if you're at a workplace you could get you could just say hey you know can you mentor me and you just follow them you it might not be like life mentorship mm-hmm. but definitely career just mentorship. You get to, yeah get, getting to the point where you want to go in your yeah. career okay so, yeah it, it's all about the growth Word. and being charismatic if you could be villainy charismatic wise Mm -hmm. and you have to have the assets too to match the swagger you have to have the bmw and all that too even if you fake it which a lot of people do they 100 fake it they're platinum members which i still don't know what that even means i just know that people are platinum members it's like a video game that's every time i see that I look at it as a video game. Mm-hmm. Where every time you create a game, you need to create levels in order to give them motivation to right. continue the game. You know, you level five, you get a little fire attack. But if you level 20, it could be like a command wave. Mm. So <laughs> it's like you've seen the level 20s out there. They're having fun in the game. The game's so hard for you because you're level five. But hey, work hard. Come mm. up. Man, I've seen some friends... Uh putting up that they're platinum members to to forex right and i just felt like yo i wanted to save them but then i remember what j cole told me don't save up they don't want to be saved don't save them but then again like they're my friends and i love them but like what if i say something and then they're like yo bro you know you're not really my friend you don't want to see me shine you want to see me succeed but I'm, but my rationality behind it is like, dude, there's nothing wrong with Forex. It's just I don't think you need a team that you have to pay to, to like, you know, be a part of their little team. Like, you could just learn it on your own. Yeah. Well, I think it's good to learn from somebody, right? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I'm fine with with those groups. Mm-hmm. I think if you could grow, but you're not part – because it's divided into two parts, mm-hmm. learning and actually investing – and at and take and getting people to join because if you're focused on the investment sooner or later you're going to realize that people around you are not learning or going the same direction as you or, so you're going yeah. or the fact that a lot of those people that are in it aren't going to make that much money because yeah. people because people promise you or, or give you the belief that hey in just a couple months or just like a year two years tops 
you're going to make X amount of money. And then when it doesn't happen, and then you realize the only people really making money isn't even the manager per se, or, or your mentor per se. It's like the real top executives really actually out here making six, seven figures. Then you start realizing like, dude, what have I been doing all this time? So I always tell people like my cousin, he uh, shout out to him. He, he does it, but he does it to a point where he he's by himself. Mm -hmm. He got the books and he's studying, he got his tactics and he's just focused on the tactics, right? He creates time for it. Focus on tactics, just him mm -hmm. and the books. So it's same thing. If you want to get interested in, in uh, investing, you can't be a day trader. People will think they could be day trader. No, no one could be a day trader. But Bastion, you, you have your you have your phone. You have your phone in your pocket, and if you have your phone in your pocket, you could make money off of it. So you, you know what you need trader. to do? Forex. Most people aren't built to put money on the line. Same thing for gambling, right? Yeah, it's you risk. have to be built for it. If you don't have rules, and you're in a situation like blackjack, if you if, let's say you get like a what if you get like a seventeen, you're not supposed to hit on seventeen. Exactly. Right, but you think. You know, you think that you might just right, get I'm that four. Go for it. You could get yeah. that four and, and risk it, and then you no. bust and get a five or a six. Because most people don't think that the dealer could bust as well. Right. Right. So, hey, if the dealer gets 19, that's it. But if you hit that 17 mm -hmm. and you get like, you know, and a you three. bust a 22, yeah. that's it. You lost. True. And I, I think that's a, a thing too. It's like we're saying risk, but also I don't think people understand that sometimes in order to get in that game you're going to be half having to realize that you're going to lose money like you're going to have to lose money to make money in that field yeah <laughs> you win some lose some right but before we leave the subject at the end of the day like somebody has to buy a top so somebody has to be a loser yeah if it's not you somebody else is a loser there's, there's always going to be a loser and that is capitalism my friends that's that's it. That's the game. Someone has to be a loser. Yeah, that that is it. And now I, I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation. I thought that was fun. A little philosophy and yeah. sociology mix. I felt like I was in the Midnight Gospel. That was one of my favorite shows of last year. That was the uh, animated series that had a lot of philosophical Buddhist philosophy in its content, and it was an animation, so it was great. Yeah. Now, let's really start the show with certain topics that I wanted to get into. And shout out to all my stoners out there, my potheads, my weed smokers. I'll never forget the first time I've tried weed. I was like 14, 13 years old, and I was a huge fan of that 70s show, Bastion. And I realized when I kept watching that show was the fact that when Foreman was in his basement and he was with his friends and they were all in this cipher and then in this circle and there was this all this heavy smoke in the background or light smoke in the background, they were getting high. And I thought, hey, you know what would be fun? Getting high with your friends. So I went over to one of my friends' house who lived right around the corner from me who conveniently had a basement and conveniently they smoked. And one day, you know, I just felt like, you know, I had time. And, you know, that was my first time smoking weed in it. And I'm not going to lie. You know, this isn't a Sesame Street special. We're not on PBS, kids. It was fun. I'm not going to lie. It was fun. But I was around people that love me. I was around people that 
that were willing to help me if I had a bad trip or something. So with that, rejoice to all my potheads and stoners. Governor Cuomo signed the legislative bill. Marijuana is now legal. Recreational marijuana usage is now legal here in New York and New York City. Stand up. Bastion, your take. How do you feel about this? I know you're not a stoner, but you know. Yes. Uh, As someone who goes to school around, who used to go to school around Jamaica Ave, you know, you, you're very versatile on, on pot dealers and potheads. So, yeah, allegedly. full disclosure, I do not smoke weed, right? And that's okay. But I know a lot of people that do. Right. So I do have an understanding of how, like, it helps people, especially if they have anxiety or if they just need to chill. Some people use it to go sleep. Some people just want to use it to, to have a good time. That being said, this is long overdue. Mm-hmm. And it's not even, I'm not even focused on the people that use it for recreational reasons. It's more of the people that are in prison for having a very like small amount, like less yes. than three ounces or so. And they're in jail for a couple of months because the, our court system is so packed up. Exactly. Um, and so racially I'm, biased too. Super racially biased because you know the percentage. It's a very high percentage. All races smoke weed between white and black, but especially black people, white people. All right. The people of color will most likely get arrested for it and will do time for it. Because we're poor. Like counterpart. Yeah. And that's just the way the system is. So looking at this and I don't want to jump to it. I want to, I want you to delete the whole thing. But sure. I'm I'm kinda happy that this is the start of it and mm-hmm. I think it will expand. Uh I hope it expands quick quickly over time. But the first rules and the first things they got to set up, you know, just to get everything, just to get the ball rolling, Mm -hmm. I think it's a good start. Well, it's interesting that you brought up the rules, Bastion, because I have some of the rules jotted down. So listen up to all my potheads out there, all right? This affects you, people in the New York area, the New York State area, and the New York City area as well. So individuals are allowed to possess up to three ounces of marijuana for recreational purposes or 24 grams of concent- of the concentrated form of weed, such as oils, pens, vapes, etc. Right? New Yorkers, you are not you are permitted to smoke weed in public wherever smoking cigarettes are allowed. However, comma, smoking weed is not permitted in schools, obviously, workplaces, or inside your car. Which is practically the same as, it's the same laws as smoking cigarettes. You can't smoke cigarettes in your car anymore, too. I just realized that. Wait, really? Yeah, you can't smoke in your, in your car anymore. It, That's it illegal. It has to be like open window, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, you're crazy if you smoke <laughs> with the windows closed. Hotboxing. an animal. No, 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 smoking uh, cigarettes. Oh, dude, I remember one time I, I was in Long Island and I was in this cab or whatever and this dude was a heavy smoker and he never opened up his windows because it just reeked of cigarettes chest burning and everything it was horrible i would have wished i had a mask on for that jeez (laughs) it would have helped it would have kept the smoke it was you would have kept the cigarette smoke in your lungs probably yeah you're right secondhand smokes kills kids it does kill but also in the city this is now for the city pay attention Smoking is banned in parks, in benches, boardwalks, pedestrian plazas, 
and playgrounds, which I'm going to be club too. And in the club, generally smoking is permitted on the sidewalks. And I'm going to tell you why I hate this one. I hate this one. It's because the best places to get high is in parks, on benches, and on the boardwalks and pedestrian plazas. I won't do playgrounds because that's where the kids be. But those four spots, that's the best prime spot to get high. Especially if you got the water in front of you, you got your scenery. I like to listen to Wiz Khalifa in the background or some Tupac. You know, it's a whole little ritual I have if I'm exchanging some medicinals with friends. You don't think that if they allowed park smoking that it may get out of hand? Oh, dude, it's already getting out of hand now. That's what I mean. So, like, you got to set the rules Bro, and boundaries. Um, like, hey, this is New York City. There's not a lot of parks. That is true. Parks clean. You know, da-da-da. Corner, you know, some corner. Not here. You know, you can chill here. Post smoke, right? Mm-hmm. Post, post everything. Post smoke. But, you know, you, you know. I know. <laughs> I get it. I, I'm definitely open for everybody. Like, you can smoke anywhere and everywhere, but. Bruh, baby steps people are already smoking everywhere i've been walking down atlantic avenue this evening bruh it just smelled yeah because i think it will be out of hand for maybe the first year and yeah to define out of hand people will just test the boundaries yeah like it, we're, we're discussing rules we're discussing some the rules people are you. not going to read the newspaper they're going to hear that you can exactly and, and that's why we're doing this right now because like intern Mike told us, the hood listens to us. Uh, I don't know why hood, but thank you very much for listening to us. So, yeah, I felt like I needed to tell you this because I don't want to see y'all get petty tickets or anything like that. Or anything that can lead into something more aggressive with police. Getting fines. Hell yeah. Not even getting fines. You know, it's just, you know, it can it can lead to a fine. But then, you know, someone gets angry a cop can just have a bad day and you know i just don't want i don't want violence amongst my people so you know i'm just i'm just warning people right now there here's some of the rules oh another rule right now so technically um this stuff is going to well no it's legal to smoke weed right now but it's not legal to purchase weed yet because it, we need to take a year to get all the licenses and stuff in play and all that jazz. So 2022, it'll be officially legal to purchase weed. From where? Oh, of course, from dispensaries, legal dispensaries. But also, here's a big thing that's happening here in New York. And this is why I wanted to talk about the stuff that was going on in New Jersey as well. Because, one, we have listeners in New Jersey. Thank you for listening to us. Everyone that's listening to us in Newark, tri-state area, Newark, New Jersey, thank you. Hey, maybe one day we can do a live show in Newark. Um, Goons just protect us because it's Newark. I heard about y'all. All right. But anyways, so the big difference that is in Jersey, which is also a, a legal recreational place to get high, is the fact that over in New York, you have the ability to grow up to like six plants of your own homegrown weed. That's right, people. You can grow your own weed in New York up to six plants. In Jersey, if they catch you growing your own weed, your ass could get up to 20 years in prison. 
And that is a bit controversial because over in New Jersey, their laws is the only way you can you can get high recreationally is if you go to their own New Jersey state approved licensed dispensary and which I have a big problem with because I think it's kind of racist. That's just me. And the reason why I feel like it's kind of racist is due to well, what they're going to do with the dispensaries, right? So basically what they're going to do with the dispensaries is, is the way that they price out each strain, right? They're going to tax it based on the amount of THC, right? So for example, if this strain has a high amount of THC, it's going to be, it's going to have more taxes. Therefore, the strain is going to be a lot more expensive, right? So name a strain. <laughs> so you got fun with this. All right. So like the sleepy Joe. <laughs> This, so if the, all right so if the money bag joe sleepy joe pack yeah uh has a high amount of, of thc right like one of the highest amounts let's say i don't know 50 percent like that can cost up to to three digits easily easily it could cost up to mm -hmm. three digits so of course you already know the um financial the financial advantages the dominant society has over us, the the little people. So basically, that's why I feel like this is racist because people at the bottom don't have that don't have enough money to go and purchase these to legal the strains. Yeah, to get stuff. the high grade stuff. Um. Another thing to kind of add on to what you said, especially from what I learned in like Colorado mm -hmm. and how hard it is to get a license. Yes. So I, I wonder if they're going to do the same thing, like absolutely just make it difficult. It I don't is know going if they're to gonna, be difficult. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it like uh, cab drivers. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get a medallion, they limit it. Right. As for right now, the only way to get a medallion in New York City in order to do Uber or taxi is you have to buy uh, what they consider electric cars. So if you get like a Honda Civic as a hybrid mm -hmm. or a Tesla or et cetera, I that's the only seen, way you can get it. I have seen Tesla yellow cabs now. I told you yeah. about that in the city. I saw one. It, it's an investment now. Mm -hmm. So it kind of works the same way for getting a license in order to open your store. Hell yeah. Getting a license in a, in a lot of stores, even the food industry, if you want to get uh, a beer and wine license, it's a bit cheaper than getting an actual liquor license because the liquor mm -hmm. license is like, five figures oh yeah tens of thousands of dollars it's not but see the thing is like people could come up with the money right. it's just would or can exactly. they get the license exactly because i remember i i think this was like an old client i had mm -hmm. and it was giving me this discussion about like how it's like so hard just to open up a shop because he has money his friends has money and he put it together and they said no so they found someone else that has even a better has like multiple houses and way better credit than all of them and he still couldn't get mm -hmm. uh, a, a license and they were just confused it's like in order to get a license you need to know somebody to know somebody yeah it's like nepotism you know it's my favorite word because mm -hmm. it's, it's all in the family you're gonna you're gonna have you're, to talk to former buddy, buddy with the mayor or you're gonna have to talk to former freaking majority uh senator john boehner to get a freaking license because he's yeah. in the pot business now this Republican who was against a lot of stuff during the Obama presidency, he's in the marijuana business. Really? Yeah, you yeah. didn't notice? No, I, I, I don't. 
I'm gonna be honest. I don't look at marijuana at all. That's Even fair. weed stocks. I'm like, like my boys talk about like the weed stocks going up. It's like, oh, dude, dude 100%. I don't care. I know you're not you're not a smoker, so I understand. But, but you know, but I think you being in this industry, quote unquote, right? You just know a lot of people who smoke weed, and same with me. Yeah, being in a service industry, hospitality, being a chef, being a barista, and all that stuff. I'd say like seventy percent of of all the workers definitely smoke. I th- I don't think I'm I'm being being lenient on that. I think that's that's pretty accurate. A lot of people maybe, smoke. A lot of more them. than that. Well, but there's yeah. a there's another interesting law. Um, I saw it's like if you're under the age of twenty one, uh, smoking marijuana is still illegal. Yeah, and you get like a fifty dollar fine and a mandatory drug education. <laughs> Yeah, drugs are bad, kids. It's a gateway drug. It leads yeah. to other stuff. Next thing you know, you'd be doing K or something. What Nancy Reagan say? What did Nancy Reagan say? Just oh, what, say no. Just, just say, say no. no. Michael Jordan, just say no. <laughs> Stop. Get some help. That was Get when he had help. a hairline. Get some help, you know. <laughs> but that was a different era. Like That was a different way era. He, he was talking about his team. His team was, like, crazy. True. And that was during the crack epidemic, too. But see, we're we're also in a different epidemic now. You don't think? I feel like with opioids, that's a huge issue. Yeah, that's why Pills. I made the little the, the K joke with the, the ketamine, which is a horse tranquilizer, which yeah. is just going up and up and up right now, which mm-hmm. is insane, yeah. especially in New York. But here's a question for you, please, the dealers out there, right? Oh, is, yes. What do you think? I have my own uh, theory on it. Mm-hmm. Good or bad for the independent business? Well, see, Bastion, I've been having this conversation a lot with friends. And the reason why I've been having conversation with friends is due to what we were talking about with the the licensing and and due to opening up a store. Because especially here in New York City, it's going to be extremely difficult to... To, to open up a legitimate no, business. No, no, no. Not, not, I don't care about the legit. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the not legit. I'm talking oh, about those people. Oh, me personally, I, I, I like my weed illegal. I like to support black-owned businesses. I like to support the little guy. So I think... But do you think it'll affect the numbers? It depends on who, they're, who they supply to. I think if they stay within certain parameters, if they stay within certain boundaries... I think they will be fine. I think there are going to be some people who, you know, go to somewhere legit because, you know, they want to get that California. I feel like that's going to happen. But also me as a person, I know I like the thrill of illegal activities, if you know what I mean. So I like to go get my weed. Allegedly, people allegedly, allegedly, allegedly from the little guy. Interesting. I hear. Here's my theory. What is your theory? And I think I've probably told this to you before, but I remember uh, meeting someone that owned a glasses shop, and I got the Persols on. Persols, Italian brand, um, expensive stuff. I got. I got Italian brand too, man. I got Or Green. Yeah, I forget what. What's the main glasses company that owns all glasses? There's a main company that owns all glasses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you that in a second. Okay. Um, During break. Yeah, during break. So, so this gentleman I met, 
he owns a glass store and I, he recognized my glasses and we were just talking about how much I love them and stuff and said, yeah, it costs an arm and leg, but lasts for a very long time. So I'm not upset. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, it's great. So I asked him a quick question. It's like, Warby Parker, you ever been there? I said, yeah, it's a nice place. I said, yeah. So Warby Parker also sells glasses. You go in there, you try on the glasses, beautiful atmosphere, great sales team. The location is just beautiful, right? You go up, down, upstairs, downstairs, just beautiful, 10 out of 10. And I said, it's more affordable. It's stylish. Is it messing up your business? No, that's just a joke. Mm -hmm. And he said he loves Warby Parker. I was like, what? It's, like, it's great. Why? Because people will buy Warby Parker, you know, because they'll be, let's say you're in fifth grade, you wear glasses. Now you're a grown adult. You don't want to, you know, you, you, your parents, insurance doesn't cover your glasses anymore. You got to pay out of pocket. Right. So you go to Warby Parker, you enjoy it. Then after six months, you hate it. Now you're going to be running back to the glasses shop asking for the most expensive, the, uh, something that can last much, much longer, and it's not as weak as the, the Warby Parker brand. Mm. And, and that was his explanation. He said he loves it. It's great for business because people now could compare low quality to high quality. Mm. So that's the thing. That's something that uh, the dealers could think about because they could still have their quality, right? Right. If the more affordable stuff could be, like, could be garbage. And at the end of the day, it's pretty much the same thing, depending on where they're getting it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. That's it's like, idea. you know, you had the people that get, get the you know recreational stuff and like, oh, that's OK. Then, you know, the boy down the street, you got something a little bit better, easier on the pocket. That's I it. I, I don't know, man. I think with, the, with these dispensaries now, we're, it's going to be sort of like a bar. You know, you're going to have like your your low shelf. You're going to have your like your mid tier and then you're going to have the high shelves. You know what I'm saying? So mid shelf, you're gonna have your um, you're gonna have your Espelon tequila bottom shelf. You're gonna have like your your Jose Cuervo, and then top shelf, you're gonna have your freaking top of the line. And I think that's gonna be the same for dispensaries. I don't know because it's always hit or miss. Because if people smart. will always say like, oh, you know, we do this. Uh, here's a good show, uh, two chain show, uh, expensive the expensive thing. So. Oh, he still does that. Uh, I I don't know. I remember but, one time he drank like a million dollar worth bottle of water because the the water cap had like diamond crusted whatever whatever. Yeah, I remember that. That was stupid. Yeah. Everything has the sprinkle of gold in it. Right. But I remember watching a show. He went to dispensary in California, and they'll just put so much stuff on it, like marijuana, like blunt, and they'll put wax and they put gold leaves and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like it's all right. You know, right. it's it, it's all right. Like you could do all this type of stuff on it, but at the end of the day, it's all about how you feel. It's interesting that you mentioned two chains, Bastion, because at the end of these episodes, two chains says things, and I really commend him for because two chains is the guy who sort of has he has money to to do these sort of sort of things, and he has notoriety to be afforded to do that sort of stuff, and he's able to freaking ball out on luxury items like that right but at the end of the episode he always talks about is it worth it doing this and i remember particularly the water episode he was like bruh that ish is not worth it at all i like to stick to my smart waters my fijis my essentials don't ever ever go and get a million dollar glass of water don't do it that's that's just the flex that is just the flex but see i think what's cool about two chains is two chain is he likes to flex a lot 
his his rhymes and his bars are about flexing and the trap, yeah. right? So yeah. having yeah. a dude like Two Chains come out and say, "Hey, some of the stuff, it's not even worth it. It's it's not that great at all. Just stick to like the regular stuff." I think that's very telling. And hey, that can be a thing in these dispensaries as well. So the glasses company that pretty much owns a lot of glasses is Lux Optica. Lux Optica, okay. They, they they own like pretty much most of the big majority brands mm-hmm. of glasses. So just Dude. just in case you buy like fancy glasses, just know that it's been it's bought by one company. Wow. Okay, so they're like the David Coca-Cola. Ray brands and stuff. So they're like the Coca Cola of glasses. Yeah. Got it. The Polo Ref Lauren glasses, Ray Bans. Oh, okay. Uh, most Def- Italian glasses. Huh. Chanel, Coach, Joseph Gabbana. Or Green. Or Morning Exchange. Oakley. Or Green. Or Green? Yeah, Or no. Green. Okay. No. It even says Purcell over here. Mm. Yeah. Versace. Yeah. Tiffany & Co. They, they own all those glasses, bro. Okay. Well, I guess shout out to them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> to hop back to the marijuana. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, he, here's a major problem. Sure. While I was talking about with the people that are doing time, mm-hmm. that for people that were picked up for having drugs on them that are still in jail, or you know maybe they're selling something. The next step is to get them all out. Right. The way I see it, as someone that worked in immigration law, most things take well. Immigration is just crazy, and and I worked during the um, President Obama era. So most cases could be one year to like five years, right. or like to even eight, ten years, depending on who you are, especially if you're trying to get a green card to come into this country. It could be 20 years. So how fast can you start getting people out of prison? That's a good question. And I always thought it's like, oh, you know, they could just sign it. But it's like, no, a judge will have to hear the case, mm-hmm. do all the procedures, then sign it. How many could they do a day? How many right. judges are available to do those things? So it's not like they could just like sign it out. Hey, if you were this, you get to walk out tomorrow. Like, right. No, that's Every, not how it always, works. That's not how it works. Even though like a lot of people are getting arrested um, this year and last year, mm-hmm. the judges were like just so overwhelmed with work. Like exactly. They just quickly knock. All right. Yeah, fine. Go next. Right. Next. We're still in a panorama after all. Exactly. And now with the whole thing with immigration, they're probably going to change like how the most of these judges are going around those cases. So I can imagine how they're going around with these cases, mm-hmm. especially for the people that are still in prison or uh, petty stuff like um, three ounces of marijuana in their pocket. Right, possession, all that stuff. But yeah. it is said that those those people with those kind of charges, they are going to get off, but it's like you said, we don't know when. There's not a good time duration of when that's actually going to happen. So you make an absolutely great point. Also, I will say this, due to marijuana being legal now, uh, the freaking tax revenue is going to be insane up to like nine figures, I believe. Uh, I believe hundred, at least 100 million, 350 million in tax revenue. And what they're going to do with some of that money is they're going to allocate some of those funds back into black and brown communities, which I think is dope. At least 40% of that tax revenue is going to go into small black and brown communities so i'm happy about that at least to do what 
That's why I would like to know. That that's a good question too. I don't know. They didn't say what. They just urban said urban development. May, yeah, maybe urban development, maybe gentrification. I don't know. See, that's how they get you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, we'll put it back in community. Yeah. We'll give you ten thousand dollars to get out. Maybe. Shoot. Find a new place. Shoot, that's what happened around Barclays. That's why I mean, we gave everybody a check. Like, how much you need? Twenty thousand just to get out. You know, mm-hmm. twenty thousand is not. It's not enough to find a place. It's not at all. You can get by on getting a an apartment, or you could get by just having a roommate for a while. But other than that, nah, homie, that ain't it. Especially here in New York, that ain't nah. it. Better get fifteen dollars an hour is still not enough to live like a a. You don't have to look over your shoulder life. Right. I think we talked about this last week. You need at least 70000 Yeah, to have a good time. Yeah. Because you, you're definitely not cooking. That Most most New York City apartments' kitchens are pretty small. Hell so. yeah, bruh. No room for cutting carrots. And there's a median of like $2,000 for an apartment now. Yeah, especially if you want a nice view. Mm. Or you could just pay $200 less. For a beautiful view for the next building right next to you. Word. But, you know, that's that's <laughs> not how gentrifiers work, man. They want to live that sex in the city friend's life. You know what I'm saying? No, gentrifiers have to, like, get, well, it'll be, like, one window that faces outside, but the, the window on the left and the window on the right. It's right across like, the street from the projects. <laughs> or from just another tall building. Yeah. Yeah. I could, like, those um those big, tall skyscrapers in Manhattan. Most of them are like, oh, I paid eight million dollars for this apartment, like back in two thousand and nine. So, all right, great. Mm-hmm. Now in two thousand twenty, they build another building right next in front of them, so they lost their entire view. Right. <laughs> so it's like that eight million just went down to like five because you lost the view. Shoot, I'm looking at some some high skyscraper apartments right now, right in front of me, and I think it's hilarious because just a couple blocks down, you're gonna be in Gowanus Projects. So I just think it's all hilarious to me. And you still in the hood too, low key, because like downtown Brooklyn, like like 10 years ago, it wasn't that safe to go around downtown Brooklyn like that. That's why the property value went up. It's uh, slightly safer. No, we walked slightly. around that. Hell yeah, bro. We, walked, well, we weren't walking around too much, but I've been around the neighborhood like at 4 a.m. and stuff. Exactly. You've been around here for at least like, what, three years now, four years? So you know. Yeah. It gets a bit, you know, you got to be aware of certain things that happens. Nothing is really happening, but if if you look like you get robbed, you you, you will get robbed. That's just the way it works. That's true. It's it's happened don't, don't to, to the easy. best of us. It, it's happened to the best of us. It's okay. It's it, a luck thing. Okay. If someone asks you to time, just tell them the time. Don't look at your phone. Hey, you don't need the time. You ain't going nowhere. It's joking. <laughs> Yo, speaking of time, I was cleaning out my room the other day, and I found the Krusty the Crown Simpsons talking watch from Burger King. Really? Yeah. That's dusty. It is dusty, but you know it's crazy. Does it work? It still works. Like it, it still tells time. I'm pretty sure those watches didn't have like a solar battery to it, too. It was 2002, man. Of course not. <laughs> For those plastic kids. That's crazy. That's still working. It's, it's impossible. It still works. Bro. I had Timex watches that I that kind of like would get like no sunlight or no because you gotta shake it in order for it sometimes for it to work. Okay. Uh that's how they know it's like keep clicking. If you if you put a watch like under your bed for like 
two months, it would just stop working. Oh wow, really? Yeah. So. But the crappy thing is, it doesn't talk anymore. That's the only downer. Not surprised. The mic is just uh, speaker is just dead. Yeah, speaker's dead, man. It's been like what seventeen years now. It's it's over. You probably like open it. Yeah. Like just check the inside of it. Yeah, I think I can. Or to fix it. So you want to get into song of the week, or do you want to talk about how Fox is getting sued? Hey, let's get into the song of the week. All right. I want, I want to know what you're playing for this subject matter. Song of the week, man. It goes to one of the kings, the cannabis kings of this past generation of the 2010s. He's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He goes by the name of Mr. Wiz Khalifa. And back then, Wiz Khalifa was popping in these streets, okay? He had Cushion OJ. Then he still he... is. Nah, man. No, he's not because you know yeah. why? I remember why? I remember 10 years ago. I didn't forget about this bashing. Y'all remember when dudes used to grow out their hair and dye a freaking patch in their hair like Wiz Khalifa? They I didn't still forget do. that. No, they do they not. S- they still do. I do not see that as prevalent anymore. No way the, they do not. Just because it's not happening in New York City doesn't mean it hasn't stopped anywhere else. It still happens. Bro. That's not the look now, bro. Wiz Khalifa is still hot in the streets. I'm letting you know this right now. As someone that was a huge Wiz Khalifa fan back back in the day, and sometimes I hop back to see what's going on, he's still huge. Wiz Khalifa's still a star. Don't get me wrong, but he's still he's, huge. He's not he's not like Fifty Cent level anymore. He's not at the height of his career anymore. There. He was never there. No, but I'm saying I'm saying in a, in a fact where Wiz Khalifa was everywhere. Like Wiz Dude. Khalifa was everywhere. Everyone wanted all the kids wanted to look like Wiz Khalifa. Everyone was a damn stoner like Wiz Khalifa. Everyone tried to freaking laugh like Wiz Khalifa. Everyone wanted Khalifa Kush. That's died down a bit. Because the pandemic, bro. Anyways, let's get to your song. I promise. I I, I will die in this hill and saying Wiz Khalifa is still as popular. I as like. Before. I love Wiz Khalifa, and plus, even more popular than before. And plus, I already said it. Four twenty. I wanted. The battle be Wiz Khalifa versus Currency. But also back in 2011, Wiz Khalifa partnered up with the OG stoner, Mr. Snoop Dogg, and they made Mac and Devin go to high school. Do you remember that album? Yeah, I remember the movie. Did you see the movie? No, I want to see Snoop Dogg play a a, a 16-year-old. He wasn't 16. He played a 40-year-old in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was legit his character. I really forgot the plot for that movie. Yeah, basically Snoop Dogg was like this mega super turbo graphic edition senior. And he was like 40 years old, still in high school, still a senior. And then he befriends Wiz Khalifa, who was this square. Then he takes him around the hood. He gives, he introduces him to weed. He takes him to a strip club. He he bangs some, some strippers. And yeah, he stops being a square. And he's a certified stoner and friends with snoop dogg the movie was awful by the way it sucked like the shooting was terrible it was very it was a definitely a b film but i still enjoyed it you know i like how bad it was it was so bad it's good but one of my favorite tracks from that album was that good so stay tuned thank y'all so much again you're tuned into black seinfeld show about nothing
no sticks, no seeds, just Al Green. I always gotta keep one more. I keep that, need that, got that. I'm blowing every grandma out. That perp, that bomb, that cush. You gotta understand me now. I smoke that fire, that good, that good, that. Concentrated, every day I'm faded. Trees prepared and properly cultivated. I nursed them, sprayed down, no chemicals. Just me and my buddy. You hear me now? Never treat you wrong to each his own. Snooping where's the new Cheech and Chong? We up in smoke, making street schemes, smoking sticky green, having sweet dreams. Break it down, put it in the ZIZ and pour the top back and let that drag. Hit the switch, quickest way to get him. Executive branch, get away for this. Black car, sack of dank. High school, what the fuck you think? I'm passing on my class with flying colors. And every day I'm high. I'm smoking everywhere I go. No sticks, no seeds, just Al Green. I always gotta keep one more. I keep that, need that, got that. I'm blowing every grandma out. That perp, that bomb, that cush. You gotta understand me now. I smoke that fire, that good, that good, that. Some roof open, smoking while I'm rolling my only notice it if it's potent bottle of perignon we could go kick it by the ocean get in between your legs join roaches and ashes all in your bed you calling her babe she called me instead cause i put that game all in her head saw the crib she know that i'm falling when he ain't have nothing they used to stall him now i'm with the boss dog all of that want him in my pockets on swole i'm talking rick ross big now when we shop we don't care what the cost is rolling up good smoking that bomb blow a whole that's bald now she all Man, rubber bands in my pocket Get money going hard for my profit Bad keep a joint stuff like stockings Young are getting bread, why not get yeah. No sticks, no seeds, just Al Green I always gotta keep one more I keep that, need that, got that I'm blowing every grandma out That perp, that bomb, that cush You gotta understand me now Just what we like to We cordially invite you Now roll up and get high to it We welcome you to high school We do just what we like to We cordially invite you Now roll up and get high to it Get high to it I'm smoking yeah. everywhere I go No sticks, no seeds, just Al Green Always gotta keep one roll Keep that, need that, got that. I'm blowing every grandma out. That perp, that bomb, that cush. You gotta understand me now. I smoke that fire, that good, that good, that. Wiz Khalifa, Snoop Dogg, Mac and Dre go to high school. Smoking everywhere I go. That was that good. Bastion, did that take you back to your high school years? Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with this song. And I, as I'm listening to the song, I could see the whole entire music video. Yeah. yeah. Music video I was I thought that beat was crazy good. Oh, man, it's so vibey. It's definitely Damn, very stoner-like. Sucks. I just remember the album. I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean. A lot of skips. Definitely a lot of skips. But it had two bangers in there. Young, Wild, and Free featuring Bruno Mars. That was still, that's honestly still one of 
my songs, favorite songs of the decade. That was like an anthem for me. Young and wild and free. That's there you go, man. You're you're looking confused there, buddy. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it. So what we get drunk? Oh, that's so yeah. That song we was smoke weed. What? Stop! That song was not garbage. That was the most feel-good song ever when More it came mid. out. More mid. More mid. It was not mid, bro. See, this was this was back when you were in your oh, you all are all plebes, and I'm this. No, no, I, this I is a before. Partridge tongue. This is probably a year because I would like we were like the correspondent. Maybe after the Watch of Thrones came out, then I was just embedded into listening to other stuff. So yeah, Th- that came out the same year. You do know this, right? It did. Yes, Bastion. I, I guess it was the same year. Okay, then. Then. I, it was definitely after Watch the Throne. Okay, was... Watch the Throne came out November. Oh. This came out December. I know what I'm talking about here. All right. I'm pretty sure the single came out earlier, but sure. The, okay. Of course, yes, the single did come out earlier. It came out summertime ish, but the yeah. album itself came out in December. I think I'm just lapsing my time then. It's okay, but, but that song but... was great, man. It was just a fun song. I didn't take it seriously. It was just like a nice fun time it was a song about celebrating your youth bastion okay we don't have enough we don't have that much time left all right we're about to be 30 soon yeah man so within that time i do recommend people to check out black seinfeld at blackseinfeld.com hey and we're on social media we're on instagram twitter and tiktok at black seinfeld and why and if you have any questions about what we discussed today or any of our older episodes, please email us at blackseinfeldny at gmail.com. And over the week, uh, throughout the week, we'll be dropping episodes from this. We'll be dropping videos of this episode on our YouTube channel. Shout out to Just the type YouTube in Black viewers. Seinfeld. We're trying to bring our subscribers up, so please subscribe and yes, watch. That's it's right. Not enough, it's not enough to subscribe. It's, it's good to watch as well. Exactly. The formula and the, you know. Algorithms and all works. that. Help us yeah. reach our milestone of a thousand subscribers. Please yes. hit that bell notification icon to get all of the latest updates of uploads. Uh, it's about different clips within the show that we've discussed. And, but don't you worry because we also upload the full episode as well. So you can listen to it in its full entirety without the music. Because so you can see claims. how we look exactly. and how we d- do our discussions exactly. over the interwebs. We have a lot of similarities. We're both wearing hats. We both wear glasses. We both have beards. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, just think about the COVID it. stuff. I I used to keep my stuff clean. You know that. That you is used to true. Keep your stuff clean too. Yeah, and then I grew a beard during COVID, and I never looked back because all the women were like, "Yo, gee, you got to keep the beard because the yeah. beard is like it's like the peppercorn flakes on a slice. You feel me? It, it adds a a bit of Not depth a and flavor. What? What do you mean? Not a fan of peppercorn flakes? No, peppercorn flakes are mid. So what do you put on your in your slice? You don't do anything. You just fold and eat. Hey, hey. So some places here. There's two things now. Okay. Some places like Danny's Pizza, all in Kew Gardens. You don't need anything. You swear by this place. I swear by the place twenty four seven forever. I go there with my friends. Like yo, going to Danny's. They know exactly where it is. They know where to meet me. Danny's Pizza. I don't need anything. Do they but know your order? One plain slice of pizza. What? Oh, they know your order. Okay. I'm just saying. Like, They'll know they... my order. Oh, I don't okay. go there all the time. Oh, I you suck. Like, no, I can't eat cheese like that. So oh, I gotta... okay. I figured since you've been going there for a minute, you know, they know your face. Okay, boom. 
No, no. I spent like years not going there, then going back. Because the whole thing about having a spot, mm-hmm. you want a spot that can beat that spot. So you go to other pizza places eating their pizza, and it's just not as good. Mm. Just disappointed. And also because you're comparing it to something else. So I, and, and I'm a big fan of the sweet sauce. But anyways, going back to your question, I don't like adding anything. Um, but if, if I'm in a place that sucks, garlic. Okay. Garlic's not bad. What about oregano? Oregano all right. I don't know. Maybe it's just in my mind, but I don't think I taste anything. With oregano? Does oregano have flavor? It has a bit of a little bit of umph to it. A little bit what of What is it? Describe it. The flavor of oregano? Damn yeah. it. You put, you put me on the spot. What is it? It smells I, it smells like pizza, honestly. No, it has texture. That's the way that's what oregano tastes like. Texture. texture. It just tastes like Because texture. I put too much oregano in my sauce in my like pasta sauce once and mm-hmm. it just like ruined it. Okay. Because you're eating it. But I like I put it on pizza, I'm eating it, expecting to taste something. It's just not it. I don't know. You just taste matter. I don't taste anything. I, I tasted the, the oil in the bottom of the pizza, bro. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Me, I like to put peppercorn flakes. That's just me. I, I like I like to add a little spice. And I don't like sweet sauce. I don't like sweet tomato sauce. I can't stand it on pizza. I like savory. I like savory. I don't like sweet at all. I don't know. I feel like to me, pizzas pizzas should not have a sweet taste to it. I like savory. And I know what you mean because other sweet sauces aren't as good as Danny's, in my opinion, because it's still savory. It's sweet and savory. They want to give you that, like the the aftertaste is sweet, but the the bite within itself is savory. Mm. Okay. okay, that's the way I look at it. And it's also like one of my only the only pizza I can eat cold, so. True, but I'm a pepperoni, but I'm a I'm a pineapple guy in pizza. So oh, you people know you actually like pineapple on pizza. Okay, yeah, pineapple with like a type of ham together. Perfect so Hawaiian pizza. Perfect, it's the best. You know, I make it myself. Mm-hmm. The hey. more you know, when you get the pineapple out of the can and it's like syrup. Yes, even better. Like the like the dole. Yep. Got you. Okay. Yeah, I actually like pineapple on pizza. I don't think it's a huge deal, guys, but I don't get it regularly. If I do get pineapple on pizza, for me, it's pineapple and jalapeno, so you get that salty, spicy, and sweet action. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Not too crazy on jalapenos, but I do know what you mean. Like, I I tried it before, and mm-hmm. I, I it's spicy and hot. You you like spicy food, though. So. Listen, it's the indian in me. Here's another um, recommendation. Mike's Hot Honey. Hot honey on, on pizza. Huh. I had that the other day. It was delicious. I was surprised. You, it, it was just perfect. Do you do you dip the crust in it too? I'm assuming. No, it was on top. Huh. Yeah, I went to a restaurant with my friends, mm. and uh, one of the pizza was like a white pizza. Yeah. And they put Mike's hot honey on top of it with sausage, and it was just really good. And it's funny because when I pointed it out to my friends, like, oh, I was like, what? Well, I don't want that. It's okay. And I told the guy we're gonna order it. And everybody loved it. Yeah. You know, so, it's yeah. it's a Caribbean thing to put sauces on the pizza. I don't know if you realize this. Over in Trinidad, people will put hot sauce, ketchup, all that stuff on pizza. And it was slap. That's just, ew, ketchup? I'm telling no, listen, I know, it, I know it sounds sacrilegious. Listen, I know it sounds crazy. Sauce but, is enough. But trust me, over in the Caribbean, that's how that's how we do it. And, and it actually does slap. Pizza is mid over there. Pizza is mid over there. Listen, pizza is mid 
in a lot of places, all right? I'm just going to keep it straight up, all right? There's a lot of places that don't have great pizza, okay? There's only a few spots, all right? Jersey's one of them. Philly, y'all okay. That's about it. Chicago. When I went to Italy. <laughs> well, that doesn't count, Bastion. They have right? pocket pizzas. That's like saying, yo, you know what? Beef patties, beef, y'all beef patties are trash, but you know has the best beef patties? Jamaica. We know, okay? We know. They sell pocket pizzas. That's what locals eat. They don't eat pizza. They eat pocket pizza. Yeah, it's and, just folded up. Yeah, so. and you, and you and you, you don't feel bloated afterwards, right, Bash? Yeah, the best. Never feel bloated. Word. Never that. Facts, bro. Facts. Never bloated like Steve Harvey. Listen, don't do that to Steve. We not doing that to Steve because Steve Harvey purple drapes was a great host for the Easter edition of Versus, which to me is probably, it's up there, probably going to be one of the best Versus battles that has ever happened. And for those of you who do not know what the Versus was, it was the Isley Brothers versus the elements of Earth, Wind, and Fire. And a lot of improvements happened during this battle because I was very critical of the last Wu-Tang battle. I, I talked about how Versus likes doing first times ever and I felt like the Wu-Tang battle could have been that, that stratosphere of going into a new direction because they signed a deal with Triller. Um, last year, they, they stepped up their game with Beanie Man and Bounty Killer being one of the first acts to have both acts in the same room with their separate DJs doing a, a traditional Jamaican style clash, right? Cause that's what a verse is, is based off. It's based off of the, the dance hall clashes, right? And then when they signed their deal over with Apple music and Apple TV, you got the HD version of versus. So if you want, you don't have to go on Instagram anymore to see all the comments scroll up in the low quality. No, you can go on Apple Music, Apple TV, you get an HD camera, you get you get high quality music too, right? And I felt like with with versus going to the Triller app, I felt like they did a real disservice to me at least me just being that me being critical. I felt like they could have done a bit better on the production side of things and and I felt like they could have done better on a marketing side of things as well because no one really knew this thing happened in the first place, but... And you're talking about the Wu-Tang. And I'm talking about the Wu-Tang, Raekwon, and Ghostface battle. And because we saw, after what we saw happen with Versus on Easter Sunday, you know damn well now they could have done the tag team battle that I kept complaining about for like two weeks. They could have done it, and if it was, it was possible. All right, so now let's get into the versus battle of the century, okay? First things first, the production. Multiple camera angles. Oh, the 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 freaking the image quality was great. I think the DJ, DJ D nice, who I think this is great how, how life comes in full full circle because just a year ago D nice started his club quarantine DJ mix. You know, he was one of a uh, few DJs that just started doing sets on on his IG live and to have him there in person doing his set I thought that was a great addition having the first ever 
host, having a first ever versus host in Steve Harvey. I thought in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. All right. I thought Steve was talking too much, but you know, as the, the night progressed, I felt like this was great because you could tell that Steve Harvey was a huge fan of both Earth, Wind & Fire and the Isley Brothers. And it's pretty evident that it seems like they're they're cool, like they're friends, too. Yeah, he was telling some interesting and great stories about more like the atmosphere or the time or like what yeah. was going on between like when certain songs came out. Because it's only funny, it's like, oh, this song came out when I was two years old or nine years old. It's like, yeah, yeah. Steve Harvey is a much older like, gentleman. Mm-hmm. And these guys have been making music for over 60 years. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, it's only been like 60 years. Like, come on, bro. That's like, that's a whole, that's two generations right, right there. Right. I think what, how did you feel about Steve Harvey consistently doing the, the uncle, the uncle thing at uh, barbecues talking about how the younger generation doesn't know much about good music. How did you feel about that? I thought he played it safe because mm-hmm. he did talk about how great hip hop is mm-hmm. and how it's been great for like the community and also how a lot of people made a lot of money off of hip hop as well. Mm-hmm. Which so so I'm not saying that he was dissing music of today. He, he was just said his little jabs. He was throwing small like you know, visible jabs mm-hmm. talking about uh it's just not the same. Or, I think or when the, he brought up hip hop or this he was is ta- real music. Yeah, it's real what, music. What y'all know oh. about that? This 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 is real music. This is real music that talks about, you know, how to how to treat a lady. You know, yeah. talking about how to talk sweet and nice to a lady, not not all that X, Y, and Z. Because the Isley brothers, I, I, if I remember, they're talking about one of their songs is saying they're trying to like um, show appreciation when they're to writing women. Yeah. to women. Right. And that's when he kind of talked about hip hop because I think he wanted to talk about like, oh, you know, they're just saying B word this, B word that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was pretty interesting because one thing I know, listening to music for a pretty long time and uh, doing research in the background of, of uh, samples that uh, rappers were used mm-hmm. because the people that are sampling know what music is. It's hard to sample. You have to actually know what you're listening to be, if you want to sample it. Right. So they know that the live instruments is what what is what makes music. Of course, uh, I could compare it to like maybe trap music today. They don't use any drop of live instruments mm-hmm. compared to like, for example, just for the audience to know, you listen to like Common's sec- like third album, the one Ye produced, or even like early Kanye West or Just Blaze music. You could feel that a live instrument could play that song. Mm-hmm. Compared to today, it's like, how are you going to have a live instrument play a trap song, right? Unless it's going to be a guitar playing the bass line for, you know, I can imagine for a 21 Savage song. True. But, but you know, it, it's just not the same. Hence, it's not real music. It's like, you know, it's still music. It's just no one's, bl- like, blood and soul is pricking on the string for, like, three hours just to get the bass line right. That, and, and to me, at least, I feel like, I wouldn't expect the older generation to like some of this new music because it's a different time, different slang, different environment. And yeah, I think when it comes to modern music, let's call it right, I feel like there's a a time and place for everything, right? I feel like the music that the older generation hears, right? I think it is a lot of like the trap music and all that stuff. And I totally understand why would why they would criticize that kind of of quote unquote music, right? 
but also we do have music of substance, right? But they just never want to hear it, such as Kendrick Lamar. Hey, yeah, I knew you were say Kendrick of Lamar. Of course, you gotta say the man's a Pulitzer Prize winner. Jay, you but, have your J. Cole's. But what's important with that conversation is where the music is coming from. Mm-hmm. There's no way, like, unless you you have an open parent or someone that you're connected to and you're playing music for them and you're explaining the song to them and like, okay, I get it. But some people don't have that type of time. So where are they listening to music on TV or on the radio? They right. could watch a, a, a award show. Or just by walking they- by and hearing Up by Cardi B. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like that's where they're going to listen to their stuff. Of course, radio is as bad as it was back then. Of course. They play what's popular. Exactly. And they played every freaking hour. Like, but, I remember today in the car, mm-hmm. I heard Cardi B's up like three different times in the span yeah. of an hour. And, you know, like, I like Cardi B. She's cool, but up is not. It's not it. Good right? song the first listen, but after the fifth listen, I got tired of it quick. So you have to kind of imagine this is another random conversation piece when like the Izzy Brothers or um, Earth, Wind & Fire, when they're making a song, they're making a song that sounds good and mm-hmm. it's a hit, right? Mm-hmm. Birdie B making that song, I don't think it's going to lead into an album, but she needed the song to stay in the conversation, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the way making music works. So we got to be repetitive. It has to be interesting. Of course, their songs is like seven minutes. Cardi B song, I'm pretty sure it's like what? Less two than... minutes, two minutes, 30 seconds, which is another 30. critique about modern music, uh, older music. They have the extended cut for like seven and a half minutes. Meanwhile, our music is only like two and a half minutes. Oh, damn. It, it really is two minutes and 30, 35 seconds. See, told you. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I hate that. But that's let me see what WAP is. WAP is also Probably, no WAP is like, like three, three minutes. Yeah, it's three minutes. And so I mean, yeah, it's but like, a lot of the sweet spot songs now are about two minutes and thirty so- seconds. You know, yeah. Mon- Montero is like two minutes thirty seconds. Yeah, right. And those are our singles. This is as I said many of our episodes before. We're, we're going back to the old school singles. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, we're going to go back to the six, seven minutes, but as of right now, the two, three minutes are dominating because it's easier to make money mm-hmm. off of it. But in terms of like what's real music to them, like what do they consider like real music? Is it the live instruments? Yeah. Or what they consider as a good single, as in something repetitive and good to dance to. And the lyrics. And the, the lyrics. The lyrics are always there, but good music... Lyrics do carry, but sometimes no one's really paying attention to lyrics. It's just good music. And that's mm-hmm. something Steve Harvey was saying. It's like, you, it could be any type of genre, but there's like good music. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even know what they're saying. You go listen to Japanese music, you have no idea. You listen to Brazilian music, you have no idea what you're saying. It's the number one hit single. You listen to it, you like it. Right? Same thing with um, Bad Bunny, right? When it, when he first came out and the songs were all Spanish. Oh, man. Bad Bunny was dope. I remember the first time I heard Bad Bunny back exactly. in 2016. Good music. He was tight. He still is good. Good music. So th- that's something that Steve Harvey was saying throughout the whole thing. Like, people know what good music is. Mm-hmm. Hence, that's why someone that's been listening to, like, rap music all our lives, when you listen to the Izzy Brothers or you listen to Earth, Wind, Fire, you could pick out songs. It's like right. I heard this uh, interpo- into uh, this song interpolated by this artist right. many years ago. So like, exactly. oh, it's cool listening to the full song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You heard the full song before, but yeah. exactly. But we heard it through a different lens, mm-hmm. right? 
I remember the first time I heard some of the Isley Brothers like classic hits, such as Between the Sheets and Footsteps in the Dark. And, you know, listening to like the first notes, I'm thinking, oh, this is probably going to be like today's a good day from Ice Cube or it's going to be Big Papa from Biggie. And then when I hear the original version, I'm like, oh, or what? like Thund the Thundercat song. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, yo, what the hell is this? And I'm like, damn, this is pretty good. Right. And see, hip hop people. All right. It, it takes homage to a lot of these artists. OK. I remember we had this conversation before of of sampling. And I, I wonder how how the older generation feels about the usage of samples in songs that they grew up to and versus the songs that we grew up to. For example, Mary Jane by Rick James, which is a song about weed, by the way. Y'all criticizing us about drugs. They were singing about drugs, too, back then. And then Jennifer Lopez and, and Ja Rule with I'm Real. I'm Real? Yeah. Do-do-do-do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because he used the same beat. Right. So it's 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 interesting because the younger people, especially if they don't have parents or older guardians that will play their music, their own music, their favorite songs to the the younger generation, they won't know it. Exactly. Right. They they just won't know. I I know some songs because uh, my parents will play like Neil Diamond or something. Right. And you so, have to clean right. on Saturdays, and they'll play the old school music. Yeah, so I'm aware. So it's probably going to be the same thing in, in the future. If we had kids, like, we're just going to play. Like, yeah, I'm going to play late registration. Right. I won't explain it to them, right? I won't say this is real music because I think it's arrogant, right? Ooh. And I think. Oh, you hear that? It's arrogant. And I, and I think that whatever they're going to like, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I remember listening to this. Like, mm -hmm. my parent used to play this, but I like this, you know? Right. It's, as long as you show appreciation to what they're listening to, they'll show appreciation appreciation to what you're listening to. And we are and here to say that, listen, we have so much appreciation for that battle between Earth, Wind & Fire and the Isley Brothers. And in my opinion, it's probably the best battle that Versus has ever done. It's top five easily. It can, I can see why people will argue that this is going to be their number one versus battle of all time. For me, because I'm biased, I'm still going to give it up to the Caribbeans. I'm going Beanie Man Bouncy Killer. But this is a strong two, okay? And the fact that this was the first versus battle that went for four hours long, people. Four hours long of straight hits. Straight bangers, okay? I was shocked at how many songs from each group I knew. I was shocked at that, Bastion. I'm not going to lie. I think I know certain uh, Earth, Wind & Fire albums. Mm-hmm. I definitely knew a lot of the Isley Brothers music. Yes, because they're one of the most sampled acts in hip hop. Yeah. And there was a time where I actually went back to listen to their music. I think back in maybe it was like 2010 and 2011, mm -hmm. most likely 2011, where I just you know, found their discography, listening to it on YouTube, watching the music videos because they're playing their instruments live. Right. It, it's, it's Ernie was crazy, bruh. Ernie on the guitar that whole four hours, he was killing it, bruh. Like, he was ready. Oh, man. He was freaking licking the guitar, too. He was playing the guitar with his tongue. He played it behind the back. He was going crazy, shredding, making, hitting them chords, hitting them riffs. Bruh. He was awesome. That that's like beyond expert level because when you're you know you're getting older. I mean, you, you fifty years, and damn right, it's beyond expert level. This man is a master. 
because I remember BB King um, before he passed away and he was doing concerts. Yeah. He couldn't really play the guitar anymore. Mm. He would have someone else play for him. And if he did, he could only play a couple of uh, notes. notes or like maybe one song, mm-hmm. but then that's it. You just could no longer hold a guitar. Yeah. So that that's that's just same thing with Miles Davis. Um, really, his trumpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at a certain point in time, he could not play any of his music that he's known for, and he even said it. I remember watching documentary; it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, when he was getting to know the newer artists, because he likes playing with them, so slower, a little bit more interesting. He said, and they asked him like, "Hey, would you want to play one of the older songs?" He said, "Man, if I play that, it will kill me." Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, I remember in watching the Quincy Jones documentary on Netflix, I think he developed an aneurysm for, like, playing the trumpet too much, and he had to give up playing the trumpet or else it would literally kill him. Really? Yeah, like, it popped a blood vessel in his brain, and he couldn't play anymore afterwards. It's a powerful instrument. It's difficult. Yeah. You know, you're blowing, you're putting your chest, you're, you're, even if you look at him playing, it's like it looks like he's just going to blow his brain out. <laughs> yeah. It's a very powerful instrument. So for him, and if you listen to his old music, he was like really playing quick with his fingers moving, blasting. So no way as an older person could you uh, play the instrument at that level. So for him to play the guitar at that level, and it's like, wow. This is this is this is crazy. So I had this tweet that went viral, ish. I mean, it's not viral because viral is like hundred thousand likes, yeah. two hundred thousand likes, but it got a good amount of likes. I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty, I was pretty excited for myself because my phone kept vibrating off the hook all night. It has almost four thousand likes, and I said um, that this battle exudes black excellence. And it goes to show how much of the past helped influence and shape some of the best records in hip-hop, in movies, and hell, in black culture. And I was like, damn, why am I tearing up? And that legit happened because I remember uh, Tupac's line in, in Keep Your Head Up. And he was like, I remember listening to Marvin Gaye used to sing to me. And, and he had me feeling like black was the thing to be. That was how I felt when I was watching this battle. Because of, you know, the fact that black music is very much so American music. And without the black imprint on American culture, there is no American culture. Due to so many songs that I've heard that I didn't know that was from either Earth, Wind & Fire or the Isley Brothers. Not just in music, but like in commercials, in in movies. Um, Yeah, like for example, In the Stone, right? Which is... uh, a big staple in HBCUs and marching bands, right? The first time I remember hearing that, that was in Drumline. Mm. You remember that? No, so, I, I haven't watched a movie in a while. Right, but so, if I listen to it, I'll remember. So Dr. Lee, played by Orlando Jones, Orlando Jones, he was like the he was the the main orchestra. Is that a word? He was the main leader of the band, right? He was the sure. dude with the baton <laughs> or whatever waving given the directions right and he was like yo the first the first song we're gonna play is by earth wind and fire and then you know once he started it was that song back in 2002 people one of the first songs i remember um that they played was hello it's me Mm. and i remember listening i don't remember where i heard it i think it's probably one of those like top 40 collection cds of the past that they used to sell like nonsense and they still do 
Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that's where I heard that song for. But also, um, what kind of reminded me of that song even further back, I mean, like two or three years ago, Erica Badu with her EP, The Phone mm. EP. The last track she did with um, Andre 3000. But she would say, instead of Girl, it's Squirrel. So just for you to remember the song, mm-hmm. it's the last track. So I was like, oh, wow. I didn't. I kind of forgot she uh, kind of did a little remix to that song as well. Yeah. But here's one thing I learned that I didn't know. And I always hate learning this. What's that? Um, at your best, you are loved. Mm-hmm. I really thought that was an Aaliyah song. Yeah. I yeah. really thought that was an Aaliyah song because Frank Ocean made uh, did that cover. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Frank Ocean did an Aaliyah cover. Like, like no, 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 no. He did the Isley, Isley Brother Bro- cover. Yeah. Yeah. You know- <laughs> it's crazy how, how we find music, man, because we think one artist, you know, did that song or, or created that sound. But no. They got it from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, for example, uh, I didn't know the Isley Brothers did shout. I didn't know that. You know you make me want to shout. Put my hands up and shout. Really? I, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know that, okay? I've heard different iterations of that song. Of course, I know the Caribbean version. I know the Trini version, the Soka version of that song, okay? You make me wanna that one. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It, I didn't know like, that was um, from the Isley Brothers. That's crazy. It's like, it's like Whitney Houston um, saying, I will always love you. From Dolly Parton. Like the, yeah, it's a Dolly Parton song. It's like, exactly. What? Yeah. Right. You wouldn't. It, you would never think about that. What a beautiful check. <laughs> Yo, Dolly Parton, when she, whenever she's asked about the Whitney Houston version of that song, she always brings up the check. Yeah, it's a good check. It's her song now. It is. But the check is good. And rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> Whitney Houston was killing everybody else's songs. Like, oh, this is my version. Definitely. I'll make the version even better. Exactly. So good they forgot your version. And, hey, I'm not even going to lie. I heard the Dolly Parton, Parton uh, version. And guess what? It's a good version. But, oh, yeah. It's great. She, she's not fine. But, man, fire. it doesn't have ish on that Whitney version. Oh my God! It it doesn't like it just doesn't, man. Because of the soul, the soul. It's it, the the. I want to say vocal. Yeah, the vocal length or vocal control. Yeah. That Whitney Houston had as an artist is just uh, so different. Real quick, man, we got to talk about the. The the years and decades in which the Isley Brothers were able to cross over too, because. We know the Isley Brothers, specifically Ron Isley as Mr. Biggs. And I was kind of shocked. Well, well, there was a bit of controversy that happened where he decided to play some of Mr. Biggs' catalog. And the reason why it's so controversial is because of the person who wrote it. It's the same person who wrote a lot of ballads, such as I Believe I Can Fly and Step in the Name of Love. Uh, yeah, he definitely lended a hand uh, to Ron Isley, aka Mr. Biggs, in certain songs like Contagious and Busted, and he played those songs during the battle. And boy, oh boy, if you can see the comments, the comments were a bit like, "Ugh, okay, this is this is what we're doing." Everyone, everyone started to clench their teeth a little bit because because we sort of canceled R. Kelly. Oh yeah, and it kind of shows. Back to the conversation to separate the artist from the music. Right. It's like, this is one of his, because the whole thing for the verses, the best 20 hits. Oh, so, okay. So, 
this is one of the biggest hits. Yeah. Happens to be someone that we no longer uh, care or appreciate anymore. And, and this is how we, we as, and I say we as, you know, our generation was introduced to the Isley brothers. This is how we were introduced to them. Yeah. We're, we're introduced by the, the artists of today showing respect. Yeah. To the people in the past. Exactly. And I, I don't know, maybe he felt obligated to play that certain song because mm-hmm. he got, he got, uh, he got him into the eyes of the newer generation. Definitely. But at the same time, it's like, yo, yo, man, like, play. To be fair, songs. To be fair, he did not play. He didn't. We did not hear R. Kelly in, in no, any no. of the songs. It's easy to skip. It's, it's easy, easy to, to skip. D. Nice knows better. Exactly. And I'm not gonna lie, hearing those songs again, I forgot how much how hard they went. I'm not gonna lie. Dude, those all songs them were amazing. Absolutely slapped. They're going to have a versus battle with, like... <laughs> the forbidden versus battles. Forbidden versus battles. Just battles of... Like, just battles of of celebrities or, or musical artists that we've canceled. What's Master P's brother's name that was in jail right now? Oh, C-Murder? C-Murder versus R. Kelly. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, yikes. Well, you already know who's winning that off-ramp. But anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just can't stop gushing about how great this battle was. It's it was just so good, man. It was so good. Again, four hours long, people, and I stayed up through that entire battle. It was great from beginning to end. Even with Steve Harvey interrupting and having conversations, which he kind of took offense to, okay, because he, I guess, during the break, like he he saw what people were saying or what Black Twitter was saying. Mm-hmm. on Twitter about how Steve Harvey should stop talking because it's not about him. It's about the musical acts. And he addressed it. I thought that was great. And black Twitter shut up. <laughs> they shut up. <laughs> I thought he was necessary. I did too. Not nece- I think he's not necessary for the people that lived through it, but mm-hmm. he was necessary for us. The people that just like watch it like a documentary and said, Oh, I can only imagine right. if I, you know, like for me, like recently and watching the Bee Gees documentary on HBO, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. Bee Gees were killing everybody. What the, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Right. Music for everybody. So I can only imagine like being a Bee Gees fan at the top of their prime, but no, I can only imagine. Right. Yeah, man. So just again, great battle. One of the best ever, probably going to be the best battle of 2021 i don't think anything is going to top it i'm sorry that's just how i feel no no one's going to top it at all next versus battle is going to be 420 that is on a tuesday april 20th that is hitler's birthday just letting y'all know big yikes big yikes big yikes and it's going to be red man versus method man the how high duo was battling each other so i don't know hopefully it's good I'll watch it. Bastion, are you going to tune in? Uh, I'll try to remember to tune in. I'm, I I do like a lot of Redman's music, especially in the early days. Um, he's just chilling right now. You know, he's still chilling in the same spot. Right, in he, Jersey? He, no, in um, Staten Island. Oh, that's where uh, he did Cribs and his uh, his his doorbell wasn't working. So he had to, he said, yo, you got to rub these two wires together to make the doorbell work. That was yeah. classic. My favorite part is like a couple years later, they did the same spot. And it's not like he bought a new house. He just upgraded that same house. Good. And yeah, he got a doorbell. And he got a doorbell and it works this time. Good. <laughs> I like I like Redman. He's just he's just staying true to him. You know what I mean? He doesn't spend big. He's living in the same house. 
He's a hell of a humble dude, and I respect that. That's still yeah. one of the best Cribs episodes ever. Oh, respect. 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 Shout well, out to the Well, the Yin Yang Twins was, like, iconic. Because hey. it was, like, it was, yeah. Hey. <laughs> I thought that was a good one, too. You're right. Oh, and Mariah Carey for going in that bubble bath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was they a went classic. with that. Yeah. Shout out to Cribs. But you know what I realized, man? Because, you know, they always like to break TV magic. A lot of those houses weren't even theirs. Except for, like, Redman and Mariah Carey. But a lot of those. Like 50 Cent. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they actually it. lived. Yeah. They actually lived in those. But certain celebrities, nah, bro. They just rented that house and those cars. I was Super so. embarrassing. I was so disappointed learning that as an adult. Because he just broke the TV magic. I'm thinking this dude has a freaking shark tank in his house. And it was all just for show. Hence the connection from the beginning of the episodes. You see a dude with Lambo taking pictures. Look at his friends. Look, look at his friends page. Same Lambo. Driving it. Everybody's driving 10 minutes of it. They're all paying 250 each. In words of Selena Gomez, everything is not what it seems. And with that, it's time for the next song of the week. And this song of the week, Bastion, because we've been talking about the many samples that have been used throughout the Isley Brothers' career, but I want to pay attention to one in particular, Between the Sheets. And this DJ by the name of DJ Artistic has given us a bit of a medley to these songs. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Once again, you're tuned into Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. Bastion, enjoy the mix.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. We are at the final stretch of the show. Once again, that was DJ Artistic with a little Isley Brothers mix, specifically Between the Sheets, about 15 songs that have used that sample of the Isley, of the Isley Brothers song. What did you think, Bastion? I saw that was you grooving. amazing. I saw you grooving. Yeah, because I know all the songs. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. It's like you... They mixed it so well. They sample it so well where you just might not know where it's coming from exactly. unless you do the extra research. Such as the Bonita Applebaum remix from Tribe Called Quest. I didn't know that. And like, I, they definitely slowed it down. Yeah. Q-tip is, the, Q-tip is the scariest sampler out of all of them. Like Because of the crate digging, man. He's, he's, he's by far, him and Dilla, like, they by far like the scariest one. But I still think Q-tip is the scariest one. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, because you don't what know. What he finds and how he cuts up, mm-hmm. it's just nasty. It'll be just a small little sample. It'll be a small loop from and some also, obscure like, project. It's crazy because in, in in a way, he's able to, he, he mastered all three sides, mm-hmm. right? He knows how to rap. He knows how to make a good single. And he knows how to make great beats. So, you Definitely. know, he's like one, the top, like, uh, like say, the producer, rapper of the 90s. Definitely, definitely. Same with De La Soul, which, you know, back in 1989 with the three feet high and rising, you know, that album has a lot of controversy behind it due to a lot of the sampling that was in it. And due to a lot of the sampling, they didn't make a dime off of it, really. And, you know, sampling back then, it was still um, a fairly new thing within the the music business, specifically in hip hop, because it was no, so no. Young. I actually learned a little bit about that. Oh, please! Oh, uh, because Open Mike Eagle has a podcast called "What What It Happened Was," and he did it with Prince Paul, who was the, one of the main producers on that album. Yeah, the way he explained it is when he did it with Tommy Boy, and they said, "Hey, you know, we are using this song because, the, of course, uh, Prince Paul is aware about sampling clearance and all that stuff." They gave it a Tommy Boy, and Tommy Boy was like, uh, okay, we just not do it. Mm. So it was like the record label, Tommy Boy, were not going out and getting it uh, cleared. Mm-hmm. Hence, that's what brought all of these lawsuits against the worst people. And they made money off of it, but they could have definitely made a lot more money definitely. if they cleared out the samples. So that's why for the next two and three and four, the soul albums, say, hey, is there a sample? We're going to clear it immediately. And that's why, to this day, you really can't get the Three Feet High and Rising album on available on stream still, to this day. Yeah, you just won't get it. But if you can find it on YouTube, all, all their albums are, like, amazing. Yes. All, great Definitely. albums. All of them. The Soul is Dead is just, like, by far great. Definitely, um, man. But, yeah. So, let's wrap up the show. And I'd like to finish off with a bit of the truth, Bastion, because... Apparently, the Disney-owned company known as ESPN cannot handle the truth known as Paul Pierce. For those of you who do not know, Paul Pierce, former forward of the famous Boston Celtics, got released from ESPN due to his Instagram Live antics that involved a lot of big booty O's, some weed, some risque music that... You know, the older generation, y'all would not approve of. 
And, you know, Paul Pierce was just living his best life. And ESPN decided to get rid of him for that. Bastin, what are your thoughts? Paul Pierce made like $200 million over his career. Mm -hmm. ESPN is literally struggling to get entertainment. So he's fine. He, Paul Pierce is a funny guy. He gives the fans what they want. To be honest, he'll, he'll be worth much more uh, on another network. He'll be making a lot less because for some reason they had to drop how much he was making at ESPN to say 1.5. But it, it, it doesn't matter. ESPN is going downhill. They're not much. They're not. They're not interesting. But I thought it was messed up. They fired him on his day off, so because of day off antics. It's not like he did anything crazy. That is but true. He, but he also, Bastion, you have yeah, to think yeah. about that. This is a Disney-owned company, and what Paul Pierce did, what Paul Pierce displayed, was not Disney-like at all. They, they never signed a contract saying you can't do. First of all, he's from the NBA. That is true. Hey, I agree early two thousands. I agree. He was with there you. during the Iverson. He was you no, know, he's same age as Iverson, yeah. right? Late nineties, two thousands. Yes. Yo, they, they were built different. I agree with you, Bastion. They were hood on 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 the court. They're still hood on the court, but it's it's way way. way well, hell yeah, he's from now. Oakland. So like he he's he he gets it. He's fine. He, I know people joke on him all the time, but he, he's a regular person. That is and true. He, and he's the truth because he shines. It's just like, hey, you can make fun of me all you want. You're still going to listen to me at the end of the day. May I may I offer a, a retort? What up? I think this is just my hot take. I think the reason why the truth got fired was because of all the awful takes he would make, such as, well, I would understand why he would think so, such as, uh, he thinks that he had a better basketball career than Dwayne Wade. Mm, no. Yeah, I agree, but that's what he said. That's a horrible take. No, it's not a take. It's 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 a horrible take if another player said it, but because he said it, it's not a take. It's his opinion. Right, his but when, personal opinion. Right, but when you have that personal opinion on air, you know people are going to criticize you for your takes, like with, with Stephen all take. the time. He, he had the career. He did the career. He, he was in there for like 20 years. He's the truth. He's I understand truth. that. But better than Dwayne Wade? Come on now. If he feels like that. 2006. If he feels like that. 2012. Then like 2013. I feel like it. <laughs> but here, see, here's the difference between the truth and Kanye West. Kanye West, is he the richest black man in America or is that just made up? Made up. Oh. Well, he's on his way to be becoming one of the richest black men in America. Okay, mm. Kanye West has has his right to talk whatever crap he wants. Okay, unless if it's not political. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. If you're talking about music and how music is made, I would like to listen to like a four hour conversation on that. Yeah, but if he's going to talk about, uh, I I don't like paying taxes. Turn it off the channel. Right, yo, you remember that? Uh, during the Yeezus interview with Zane Lowe, he was like. You know, I like some of the Gaga songs, but like, what the f does she know about cameras? Yeah, that was classic. It, it kind of yeah. You're also talking about fashion and stuff. Mm -hmm. and anyways, back to the truth. Back to the truth, real quick. He was real fired. Quick, yeah, real quick before we before we we get off of Kanye, real quick. I just want to say this that um apparently Netflix is as uh has made a deal and they bought 
a Kanye West documentary that discusses his life entirely for like 30 million. I think he has like three documentaries that mm-hmm. was already finished that he never came out with. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yeezus tour documentary, I think filmed by Hype Williams, if I recall. Okay. That never came out. And I was upset because I never got a chance to go to the Yeezus tour, which I heard was like this crazy. Even people that don't care for Kanye West music thought it was like the best concert of their lives. Right. When he was talking to Jesus and all that. I remember. I yeah, remember. Story arc and everything. Someone threw batteries at him during that that uh, tour. I remember. I'm still waiting for that documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably finished it. And mm-hmm. they just couldn't find an outlet to like release it. But yeah. now in, in today's standards, I think uh, it's easier to do it with Netflix. And I'm super happy that for once it's it's a different rapper, not freaking Biggie and Tupac, yeah, man. Tupac. They they Biggie and Tupac documentaries to death. Now we get it. Now it's it's time to get a new documentary. And I'm happy that it's Kanye West because it's it's about a rapper who I've seen or we've seen the the full the full career, you know, from 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 his um producing all the way up to his uh debut album and all the way up to now as a Christian man. I, I hope it's like the Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre documentary where it was like divided into four parts and yeah. going over different things. Because mm-hmm. that's like a super fire documentary. One hundred percent. That's one of my favorite documentary. I think it was called Defiant Ones, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. But yeah, back to the truth. He got fired, man. Um, all my best to Paul Pierce. Uh, I I hope he keeps up with the antics because I thought they were great. And he wasn't necessary on ESPN. Like he added nothing besides like commentary. Exactly, comedy. he wasn't that great. Like I was saying. So you know, he wasn't that whatever. great. Shout out he, to Paul he, Pierce, man. He'll be okay. He don't okay. need the check. He don't need the check. He really bad. doesn't. But hey, man. Hopefully, he saved his money because. It's not about how much you make, Bastion. It's what you save. And a lot of these players out here, they keep spending their money foolishly. Bad investment deals. Bad investment they deals. Investing in Forex. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, they're just they're just wasting their money on jewelry and bust downs and all that stuff. Instead of investing your money into Forex. But um, speaking of, this is one last thing. We, we have to talk about the Space Jam, a new legacy. That's right. Let's talk about Space Jam, new legacy trailer. Yeah, left. Yes. Honestly, the new Space Jam trailer to me was awesome. Awful. Why? Do you? Oh, you said awesome? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant awful. No, I, I liked it. What, were you upset at the fact that the trailer, to me, it seems more like a reboot rather than a sequel? I don't care if it's, it's like to be honest. I knew it wouldn't be a sequel, but mm-hmm. it's not even in the same universe. I don't know if it's even the same idea, but hence just looking re- at the trailer, it looked super. Hence reboot. It looks super Hollywood. Hmm. Right. Explain, if you please. think about the first Space Jam, it's like Warner Brothers, right. Looney Tunes. That's it. Mm-hmm. But now you see Looney Tunes. Everything that has to do with everything, LeBron James. So Looney Tunes, everything Warner Brothers related, every uh, everything Warner Brothers licensed, sort of like the Lego movie, Ready Player One from Stephen King. Um, it's the same sort of concept. That's what you're saying. How, how many times are you going to see the Iron Giant without getting an Iron Giant movie? 
because we don't need Iron Giant 2, Bastion. We don't need it, like, at all. There's certain movies that don't need sequels, and I felt like, one, Space Jam, it, it didn't need a sequel, but we're having one, and I guess having it be LeBron James, who is still sort of the face of the NBA, I think that's fine. Uh, again, I don't think this is a movie that is supposed to be taken seriously, and I didn't take the trailer seriously at all. That's why I enjoyed the trailer. Um, it definitely does. Do people not make movies to be viewed as a serious work of art? Some, some definitely do, but with a movie like Space Jam, I mean, come on, Michael Jordan's acting was horrible in that movie. Okay, like it, it was, it was cool to see the Looney Tunes with the most famous basketball player on the earth. And now I think they're doing that again because of the demand for another damn Space Jam. Because there is no demand. No, because of nostalgia. They created demand. Hey, you guys want a new Space Jam? It's like, uh, I guess. I mean, think about all the Space Jam releases that's been happening. Space uh, Toon Squad release jerseys, Space Jam Jordans. Everyone always kept talking about Space Jam 2. And now it's happening. So, once again, I'm not taking it seriously because... In re-watching the first Space Jam, I realized how god-awful a movie that movie is, you know, taking off the nostalgic goggles. You know, I'm I not watching it ever. I, I think I watched like two minutes of it. It's like, oh dear. Oh yeah, because Every, R. Kelly was like the in the first 30 seconds too. The cartoon. The cartoons are really two-dimensional. Jeez. <laughs> oh man, uh, Lola Bunny. Lola Bunny is definitely a bit more G-rated. Oh yeah, one. she got nerfed. <laughs> she definitely she got, got nerfed. nerfed. Oh, Zendaya is playing Lola. Whack. Anyways. Don't do that to Zendaya. Whack. You leave her alone. All right? Whack. You leave Marie alone. I'm not dissing her. I just think the whole idea oh. of the movie is whack. Oh, what do you, how do you feel about War Machine, a.k.a. Don Cheadle, as the villain this time around? I get that check, bro. Get that check. Hey, we got to support I, black actors, man. And for, I, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, with the black villain versus LeBron, black on black crime, <laughs> I think it's fine. We got right? we got the, the we got a predominantly black monsters, and and Sue Bird. So I think. Oh like, yeah, because they're NBA players. Yeah, like Clay Thompson. Uh, I think uh, Chris Paul's in it. Damian Lillard. I forget who else, but Sue Bird's in it too, I believe. So yeah, I think this movie is going to be a fun watch. It's going to be a little popcorn flick. I'm not going to take it too seriously, but I think we need to get a new ballot for Space Jam because obviously R. Kelly can't do that anymore. I think we need to bring in Jacquees. So Jacquees, if you are hearing this, this is your time to Jacquees. now do your covers. All right. You need to recover. I believe I can fly and put it in Space Jam. We need a new ballot now. It's over, bro. No longer need it. No, Jacquees <laughs> needs some some money, so you know. How are they going to end Space Jam, huh? With hip hop, huh? Or Give me uh, an R and B record, j- a dreams, real R and B record. Dreams and nightmares. <laughs> we got Dream Michael coming with, out the spaceship. I used to pray for times nightmares. like this, jobs like this, so I had to cry like that to shine like this. <laughs> that would be it's tight. This, yeah, we bring R and B back again. R and B is not left, man. In fact, two, two instruments. In fact, Bastion... One instrument. One instrument in R&B. We're going to go out to an R&B record from Shelly, a.k.a. formerly known as Drum, who released a two-pack the other day. And this track we're going to play is Exposure. 
So is there anything else you want to say before we depart? No, um, check out Black Seinfeld on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Um, Instagram and Twitter were Black Seinfeld and Y. And if you have any questions, please reach us out at Black and Y at gmail.com. And just in case you, you forget um, where our socials are, you can go on blackseinfeld.com for more information. So, as I like to say, people, take care of yourselves, stay hydrated, take 10 minutes out the day to stretch. If you drink, don't drive. And if you drive, don't drink. FDT, Free Palestine, Sakyamada. Take care from all of us here at Black Seinfeld. Peace. Let me love you inside out and outside in. Let me touch your soul before I touch your skin. Yourself to me, you have my consent. I wanted to see what lies underneath. Cause beauty to me is more than skin deep. The woman of my dream, right here in real life, right there when I sleep. Every memory, and you and me share means everything. And I, I just wanna be your man. And I. Myself to you Took off your clothes Before I did too You showed me something new Your vulnerable side You gave me the proof There's no such thing as cool When passionate love sets fire to the room All I wanna do Some